Pastor Ed Taylor makes this observation. There's just so much stuff going on in the church today. Everybody wants to redefine the church. Everybody wants to try this new paradigm shift, all this stuff. It's unbelievable. Ministry is the same today as it was in Jesus' day. Love people. What else is there? Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbors yourself. What needs to be reinvented? Maybe just we need to repent and come back to the basics of ministry. This is amazing grace. I like what Martin Luther had to say on the subject of giving. I have tried to keep things in my hands and lost them all, but what I have given into God's hands, I still possess. Well, today on Abounding Grace, we enter into a discussion about finances and giving. You may recall the Apostle Paul is in the middle of defending himself against some accusations. He wanted to assure the folks in Corinth that his motives in ministry were pure, not to take advantage of them, but to serve them. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 9 as Pastor Ed Taylor delivers today's message. I know I found that when tough times come around here, we, we just say, let's start praying. And so that way we don't have to come to you before you and say, hey, tough times are here. And I have my kids all dressed in all ratty clothes. And, you know, you want your family, you want your church family to look like this? My poor daughter hasn't eaten in three, whatever, you know. <laughs> try to manipulate you and try to convince you like as if like like sometimes on tv you might see that you know just trying to to guilt you and god's broke you know god is not broke and if he allows a lean time in our congregation which don't misunderstand me he hasn't you're you're again this church from day one is a faithful giving church some of you may not be but god's going to work on you on that god's god's faithful he provides for all the needs. I mean, we're able to say with absolute confidence in him that there's never been a bill unpaid here. There, there's never been, uh, you know, trying to shuffle things around. I've never had to come to you and, and we, you know, dress my kids up all messed up. And come on, don't you guys see this? And we've got to do this and we've got to do that. And usually it gets just get cleared up by prayer. So, hey, what's going on? sitting in a staff meeting or sitting in a leadership meeting for many years. We didn't have a staff. You know, you might have just joined this church in the last couple of years. You know, before we moved, we didn't have a staff. It was almost all volunteer. And I don't know how, I need to look it up, but how many years uh, we were answering the church phone in my house. And my office was the basement. It's cold down there, by the way. You know, if you'd give a little bit more, and I'm just kidding. You know, we just get so weird sometimes. And Paul's saying, I could take from you and not feel guilty before the Lord. And he's not, he's not saying I could take advantage of you. He's saying I could take from you. I could receive an offering from you and it would be no problem. It's biblical. It's okay. It's the right thing to do. And he's telling the church, I, 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 can, I could do that. I'd have no problem. But I love what he says. Nevertheless, we haven't used this right. This is verse 12. But we, do, we endure all things lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. And one more thing, just since we're talking about our own congregation here. If tough times came here, if the bottom fell out and tough times came in one way or another, I'm, I'm pretty confident 
that the, the entire staff here, myself included, would go out and get a job and continue to serve you. We'd let the building go. We, we'd let things go so we can continue to do the ministry. We wouldn't try to hold on to things. If the Lord wants to take the building away, we did just fine for seven years without a building. The Lord blessed the church. The Lord multiplied the church. People were getting saved. We look at this building not as a, not, not as a master, but as our slave. This building is our slave to use for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not a slave to this building. We're not a slave to the salaries of the church. We're not a slave to the bills. We literally can do ministry with nothing. God could do it. So you can know that if tough times ever came here, we would just seek the Lord. And if we all had to go get a job, we'd go get a job. And we keep serving. And I think if, if there's anyone on staff, uh, anyone working here that wouldn't go get a job and keep serving, they have a heart, a heart issue that God would have to deal with. We're not the kind of church that goes on findapastor.com. We aren't. I hear that commercial and I'm like, what? Hey, is your church looking for a pastor? You know, I'm a pastor. I listen to and I say, I wonder if they are. <laughs> I wonder if you guys are going on there. I think I'll replace Pastor Ed this week, you know, and we'll go. Here's, here's Pastor so-and-so. And, you know, we aren't, we aren't going to go to pastor.com. We're going to look among the body. That's what we learn in the book of Acts, right? God is going to provide who, he need, who we need for in the body here. And he's going to provide someone that has already served here faithfully, has already borne fruit here faithfully, so that by the time you might see them more prominent in a place or... They might end up being a staff. I mean, some of you, you know, people are on staff. You didn't even know they were on staff because they just keep doing what they've always done. The only thing that's changed has been behind the scenes for them in their life. We're not going to panic if tough times come. As a matter of fact, if tough times come, it might sharpen us up a little bit. It might stir us up. It might make us more lean and more mean and more ready to serve the Lord than we are already. But hopefully we just keep walking humbly with him trusting him and watching him provide. The Lord has been very faithful here with the finances of our church. And I don't expect anything else from him unless we're rebellious and disobedient and then we can expect to pay the price for that. But until then, we don't have to twist your arm. We don't have to um, try to manufacture anything in your life. We, we, we just have to trust the Lord. And the best thing to do is to pray. And that's where Paul is here. I didn't use this. He says in verse 13, don't you know that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple and those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar? Even so, and there's the key. If you've ever wondered if it's okay for people to be on staff in a church, because again, when you're out on the radio, you're out on the website, everybody has an opinion. Oh, that's not biblical. That's not biblical. Then they haven't read their Bible. It says in verse 14, even so the Lord, who's the Lord he's referring to here? Who is it? It's Jesus. Even so, the Lord Jesus has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. That's a command. Now, we have been discipled. I just want you to know, we have been discipled by our pastor. I've been discipled by Pastor Jeff that in this living from the gospel, that we would not live beyond our means. So if you came to our house, it doesn't, it's not a mansion. (laughs) I didn't fly here on a helicopter. I drove. I I live like you live. And I believe the salary that I have is a modest salary. I think if in my life, if I went back into the business world, I'd make a whole lot more money. I did make a whole lot more money because I'm not in it for the money. And neither is anyone that's here. 
So when you read of this, here, just so you know at Calvary, just so you know, the, the people on staff, they made a lot more money when they were in the world. And it's always a place where they have to be careful that the enemy doesn't undermine them. Because you don't get into the ministry, not, not the way we were discipled, not the biblical model. You don't get into the ministry for the money. Because if you do, you'll be either A, sorely disappointed, or B, you will fleece the flock. And there's a lot of churches taking advantage of the flock. A lot of churches that unfortunately haven't had the blessing of being disciple like we have so that when we live from the gospel it's not some extravagant lifestyle because in my own life I want to live my Christian life too I'm not going to live beyond what the Lord has already given me or what God has allowed me to do I want to live as an example and so living from the gospel doesn't mean you can just you know live extravagantly unfortunately even in the day of Paul the ministry of the gospel was sometimes hindered by overemphasis on money even as today, it's, there is a great hindrance. Truly, I mean, think about it. Have you had anybody in your life as you're, as you're talking to them that they're like, oh, they're, your pastor of the church just in it for the money? I mean, it happens a lot. I see those guys on TV. Oh, your pastor's on the radio. Wow. We have some friends that live in the neighborhood, and they have little daughters, and they were listening to us on the radio. And as they were talking on the playground in our little neighborhood there, they, they talked about listening to me on the radio. And I, I forget exactly how the conversation went, but the, one of the girls that knows us said, well, I know him. He's a millionaire. <laughs> Different understanding of money, I think. But that's how people are in the world. Oh, yeah, he's a millionaire. He's flaunting his jet and flaunting his clothes and, and telling you that this is the way it should be. And, and if you give, see, here's the, here's the rub. The rub is this, as you, as people are deceived into propping up the pastor and giving them the money, 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 here's the rub. The rub is the pastor says, if you give, it'll happen to you too. So now you're giving out of a selfish motive. Your sincerity of giving unto the Lord has been tweaked. Just a little. I don't think you lose all sincerity. I think those precious people that are sending in money to these televangelists, I don't think all their sincerity is gone. But I think there's a tweak there where you're giving to God to get and let me just tell you, friend, you've gotten everything from the Lord. Amen. He has given you everything in Jesus Christ. You can't give to God to get. You know, plant that seed of faith. No, give obediently. You plant a seed of faith, you, you give obediently. Why? Because God said to. And unfortunately, these, these false teachers, these false preachers are using the gospel, what Paul warned Timothy. He told them that in the last days, there are any, many insubordinate, many idle talkers, many deceivers, especially those of the circumcision whose mouth must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. That's in the church. We, make, we need to make sure that nothing we do in our ministry gives the impression that we are of their number. We're, we're not in the ministry for dishonest gain at, at all. And Paul, he establishes for them. He says in verse 15, I've, no, I've used none of these things, nor have I written these things, that it should be done so for me. But it would be better for me to die than anyone should make my voice boasting void. Those are heavy words. I'm not writing to you just to try to change your mind. Sort of like I'm sharing with you right now. We're not going off on this, this direction of finances because all of a sudden, because I'll get emails, oh, Pastor Ed, or, is the church going through it? No. Oh, Pastor Ed, are your kids really hungry? I don't know, maybe they are. It's Wednesday night, you know, I have to eat after service, but not because of any problem in the church. 
Not because of any problem in giving, not because any problem. I mean, really, to me, you know what the deal is in giving? The problem is not for the church. The problem is for you. It's your problem. It's your problem when you don't give. And it's going to harm you and hurt you. It's going to cause problems in other areas of your life. It is going to undermine, because if you're not willing to give of your finances, I I think it's been wisely said that if you really want to see where your priorities are, just give me your checkbook registry. I'll tell you where your priorities are. Or your little budget worksheet, where all your money goes. Or your, you know, I don't have a registry anymore. I mean, some of you are like, what's a check registry? Okay, online then. Give me your password online, and I'll look at where your checks are going. That's one way to show where my heart is, where your heart is. And something you could pray about. If you've been struggling going through some things, you could pray about it. I know it's not popular, but when people hit rock bottom financially, do you know it's not always an economy thing? You know it's not always a problem at your work? You know it's not always the CEO's problem? You know it's not always some external thing. God could be getting your attention, showing you that it's a you problem. Just trying to grab you. Because that's a quick way to get your attention, isn't it? It's a quick way to get my attention. And that's what Paul's saying here. I'm not telling you this, and, and I'm sharing with you too. I'm not telling you this to change, you know, or somehow, hey, things are bad, so I'm going to use the pulpit to manipulate you. I'm just teaching you because this is the section of the word. A lot of times I'll be asked, Pastor Ed, why don't you talk a lot about on finances? Well, I'll tell you. We'll talk about finances when we are in the Bible on finances. And when it's a topic when we're going through the Bible... Because, again, if I talked about our finances every week, give, 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 every single week, tithe, and all, woo, just do a big, yeah, let's do a tithe, come on, let's give, every week, I wouldn't be reflecting the Word of God because as you see giving in the Word of God like that, it's very rare. I, I think, really, in the realm of giving, I think God just expects it. It's almost like, I don't need to convince you of that. I've given you my son, Jesus Christ, and I ask you, to take care of 90% of what I give to you. (laughs) Be a good steward over it. We use that principle of the tithing, or you can even go more more as we get later, as we get to 2 Corinthians, where I think there's even a higher standard given to believers. It's not just measuring out 10%, and now it's to give cheerfully and abundantly as the Lord impresses upon your heart. And that's giving by faith. It's, It's incredible, where everything says, no, 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 but the Lord says, yes, do it. Watch me work. I think it's just a requirement and occasionally it'll come up where Paul mentioned to the church but he's not mentioning it so that they would somehow just prop him up in ministry he can make tents just fine but he's telling him because it's the truth his real motivation is verse 16 for if I preach the gospel I have nothing to boast of for necessity is laid upon me yes woe is me if I don't preach the gospel for if I do this willingly I have a reward but if it's against my will I've been entrusted with a stewardship he says either way I'm going to do it if I want to do it, if my motive is I want to do this, then there's a reward. If I do it against my will and I serve the Lord kicking and screaming, so be it. I've still been entrusted. I'm still responsible. I don't, want, I don't do it for the money, he says. What is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. And that's really our heart here. Freely we receive, freely we give. And the way that that works within the body of Christ is through the faithfulness of the giving of his church. That's how it works. As you and I give, God uses this in our lives. And and we're able to see an abundance of faithfulness and just people blessed through the ministry here. It's really a great privilege. 
I, I probably could do a better job of communicating the crazy, beautiful testimonies of the ministry here. And a lot of them I don't even know. One more thing before we go. I know we're out of time, but I'm going to take a couple more moments because I don't want you to miss this. In the relationship of all the finances and this difficulty, let's step outside of that just for a second and understand here at the end that Paul's talking about ministry being very difficult. He says, I preach the gospel. I have nothing to boast of because necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. If I do it willingly, great, there's a reward. If against my will I've been entrusted with a stewardship, what is my reward that when I preach the gospel I present it uh, without charge that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel? Now write this down, jot it down, don't forget it. Put it in the margin of your Bible here as you're serving the Lord. And it's this simple truth. Hurting people hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. So that if your ministry, your calling is to serve people, in the context of our congregation, I'll just tell you some of the deepest, craziest hurts walk in the doors here. You meet them at Safeway, you invite them to church, you're at work, that some of the deepest, hard, hurtful hurts are in people's lives when they come into Calvary. For that, I'm thankful that we could be a place where the hurting are welcome. I know it's messy. I know maybe from, if you came from another church, you might just look at Calvary and just kind of shake your head. You know, what is God doing here? I, you know, that guy, he uses you, and, you know, and I got hurt by this person said something to me. And, uh, and, and, and it's not the cleanest type of ministry because hurting people always hurt people. You're going to get hurt when you start ministering to people. It's just going to happen. If you don't get hurt ministering to people, I'm greatly concerned. If your heart's so hard and you're not hurt by somebody hurting you or saying some dumb thing to you. I, I tell the guys all the time, I tell the gals, you guys that serve here, hey, learn this. You need to learn how to grow a thick skin and maintain a soft heart or you're not going to make it. That's true for even if you're just a regular old believer not serving the Lord right now or you know, not stepping up in some place of responsibility. You need to have a thick skin and maintain a soft heart because opposite is usually true. People have a soft skin and everything bothers them. Every little thing gets them and, and then their hearts get all hard. And I don't know if you've ever been served by one of those, but it's not fun. You want to maintain that softness of heart under the Lord. I, I was having lunch with Ian today. We were talking about some difficulties and, and he just said it very matter-of-factly, quoted the scripture to me. He says, well, I haven't, I haven't uh, gone to bloodshed yet. That's what the Hebrew says. He says, we're following after Jesus. He says, keep striving, keep going because you haven't got to bloodshed yet you haven't died on the cross so keep going you're going to be hurt jesus was crucified that's his reward talk about hurting people they 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 took our savior out and you and i haven't strived against sin to bloodshed yet so keep going game keep going serve the lord with joy and gladness okay so if you're doing it willingly oh it's so rewarding if it's against your will like you're not feeling it right now and i'm just going to keep serving because i got great then you've been entrusted with the ministry it's not something to take lightly our calling as servants of jesus is to serve hurting people that our ministry here at calvary throughout the metro area anyone tuning in on the internet or on the radio coming in and being a part of the ministry here would be a refuge for healing and hope 
There's just so much stuff going on in the church today. Everybody wants to redefine the church. Everybody wants to try this new paradigm shift. All this stuff. It's unbelievable. Ministry is the same today as it was in Jesus' day. Love people. What else is there? Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbors yourself. What needs to be reinvented? Maybe just we need to repent and come back to the basics of ministry. Because our fruit's going to be in loving people, being there for them, and pointing them to Jesus Christ. You don't need to reinvent it. I don't need to buy a new book on church planning. I don't need to go to some conference of how to reinvent the church for a new culture. Hey, people are people in the first century. You know, they're the same knuckleheadedness as Adam and Eve. And what Adam and Eve needed was to walk humbly with their God. And when you tell people about the hope and the love of Jesus, I'll save you the money. Don't buy the book. Just love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, and God will bless that. And if you do it willingly, it's rewarding. If you do it unwillingly, so be it. It's an entrusting to your care. And God will change your heart, and you'll become willing again. We all go through phases. You know, maybe right now you're like, you know what, I'm kind of feeling like unwilling right now. I know, you know, I know, it's tough, and it's difficult at times, but God will work it out. Just don't quit serving the Lord, it's worth it. This is Abounding Grace, and you're listening to a message from pastor and Bible teacher Ed Taylor taken from our series in 1 Corinthians. You can hear a replay of this message when you go online to calvaryco.church. That's calvaryco.church. Or download our free apps. Simply search for Calvary Church Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. Pastor Ed, here we are on Memorial Day, and I think it was fitting today as you were talking about sacrifice, giving, and serving, that it's today that we set aside to remember those who have died in service of our country. What thoughts come to your mind on a day like this? Well, you know, Larry, here we are exercising our freedoms to worship God uh, in an open way with very little fear of retaliation. I know there's some waves of persecution in our country, but for the most part, we are able to enjoy the freedoms. And one of the reasons we're enjoying these freedoms is because of the men and women that have sacrificed their lives. And not only those that lost their lives, but the families that lost their loved ones. So my first thought on a day like this is thank you. Uh, I'm so appreciative uh, as we think back of the sacrifice that's been made, especially listening in uh, for those of you that have lost a loved one. I'm so grateful uh, to know that there was sacrifice uh, on the sake of so many to protect freedoms and to keep our country safe. Um, you know, another, another thought uh, that I have is how grateful I am to live in a country with these freedoms and how God has been merciful to us uh, and that we wouldn't want to take his mercy and grace for granted. And so I'm, I'm just full of appreciation and I'm also full of, of grief and sorrow um, to think of all of the memories that get stirred up on a day like this and, and all of the still lives that are impacted by the trauma and you know just the difficulty of losing a loved one, especially uh, within our armed services. So I, I'm, I'm appreciative. I'm filled with love, but I'm also a little bit sad when I think of today because of just the hurt and the pain that's surrounding those that lost loved ones. So thank you. Uh, may the Lord bless your family. And I'm grateful for the men and women that have gone before us uh, and specifically given their lives on the sake of their country, um, in the sake of their particular calling uh, and commitment. 
uh, to their country and to their God. Yes, we are so thankful for the great sacrifice of men and women who have not only died in service of our country, but those family members left behind. We love you and appreciate your service. Here in the month of May, we picked out an excellent book written by Ray Bentley called The Holy Land Key, Unlocking End Times Prophecy Through the Lives of God's People in Israel. It's one thing to read prophecy and quite another to step into its fulfillment. It can be easy to miss the significant signs contained in the stories of biblical characters in God's creation and in the lives and actions of today's Israelis and Palestinians. That's where Ray Bentley steps in to help in the Holy Land Key. And we'll send you a copy with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. And please remember, it's through your financial support that we're able to come to you day by day on this station. Your gift, whatever the size, would be greatly appreciated and put to good use. Reach us toll-free at 877-30-GRACE or go online to calvaryco.church. Again, the number is 877-30-GRACE. Don't miss our next study in 1 Corinthians with Pastor Ed Taylor tomorrow on Abounding Grace. And may God richly bless you with His abounding grace. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church Colorado here in Aurora.